Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Revelation. Tonight we'll be study number four in chapter one. And we've been looking at the word revelation and we saw how God has also spoken of the mystery of the revelation, uh, indicating the hidden truths of the Bible, that within the revelation of God, which is the whole Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ is the whole Bible, including the book of Revelation. All scripture is given by revelation of God. Within this divine revelation is the mystery of God. And it's plainly placed on on the pages of the scripture. And God had a plan to reveal some of the mysteries throughout the ages as he gave prophets his divine word and and they penned these things and as the divine revelation was compiled and and the book of the bible was put together this did answer some of the mysterious questions of the nature of god and his person especially as the lord moved prophets during the New Testament period to record certain things, including the Apostle Paul. Then the mystery of the Gentiles was revealed to him that they would be fellow heirs and other things as well. New Testament quotes of Old Testament passages pointing to the Messiah resolve the mystery in those places concerning the Lord Jesus Christ as the embodiment of the Messiah, the one who was to come. And so that great mystery of God concerning the entry of Emmanuel into the human race, the answer came about when Christ became man and lived amongst mankind. But there were many other mysteries. God gave the prophet Daniel a lot of information regarding the end of time. And he told him to seal up the word till the time of the end. And so that mystery was never solved during the Old Testament period or during the New Testament church age. But it was to be stored up, kept in reserve until the time of the end would come when the great tribulation would arrive and the church age would end. Then it was God's plan to open up the scriptures and and he has done this we're living in a period after the tribulation now and god opened up the scriptures in may of 1988 at the beginning point of the great tribulation and that word the bible has remained open ever since it has been the lord's plan not to reveal all the information that he had hidden at once but to gradually reveal these things over the period of years. For instance, the Bible was unsealed back in 1988, but the truth of the end of the church age did not come to light, really, until 12 or 13 years later when God's people began to see these things in the Word of God, the Bible. Then it was as if God activated the command 
for his people to come out of the churches and to flee before they were destroyed along with the churches bundled as tares for the burning. And other doctrines and teachings of God also slowly and gradually came to light over an extended period of time throughout the latter years of the Great Tribulation all the way up to the Day of Judgment itself, May 21 of 2011. God, of course, revealed that date just a few years before the actual date was arrived at. God's people began to see and understand that would be the Day of Judgment. But was that the complete revelation of the mystery of God? No, it was not. And verses like Romans 2 verse 5 now are giving us some insight into God's plan concerning the day of judgment itself. Again, I'll read Romans 2 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Meaning that judgment day is a day of revelation. It is the revealing of the judgment of God. That is God's plan to judge the world at that point and only at that point comes into clearer focus. And it's exactly our experience that once we reached and now have passed the day of judgment, we are learning a great deal of information about it. That the judgment of God on the world is spiritual at first until the the very end of this day of judgment, which perhaps will last 1600 days, and then he will physically destroy the world and universe and and everything tainted by sin. But for the period of judgment day up until its final last end, it is a spiritual judgment of the shutting of the door of heaven, of the putting out of the light of the gospel so that no one is being saved throughout this period of time. And we we didn't know that before. We didn't know that it would be spiritual, completely spiritual. We had thought it would be physical, since the world lives in the physical realm. Uh, perhaps this is why we assume that God would deal in a physical manner with them, and and that he would cause them to see their judgment. But this has not been the plan of God at all. Just as God dealt a spiritual judgment to mankind in the Garden of Eden, and and they died spiritually, not physically, in the day they rebelled, and just as God dealt a spiritual judgment to the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he drank of the cup of the wrath of God, and just as God dealt a spiritual judgment to the churches and congregations, by shutting the door to heaven to them within the confines of the churches and congregations of the world. He is doing 
the identical thing to the world. And we have since learned this. Also, we have learned that it is God's plan not to rapture the believers out of the world in the day of judgment. There are several verses that have come to light that show us that the people of God are to be here. Zechariah 13 verses 8 and 9 says this actually plainly. Two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third part shall be left therein. And why? Because God says, I will bring the third part through the fire. It is the plan of God to try his people with a fiery trial of their faith, to try their hearts, to see if they're true men, men without guile and deceit within, if they have truly become his children. And so he has set up a snare for the world. And in this perfectly devised snare of God, the world thinks nothing happened on the day of judgment. And this, at the same time, allows God to severely try his people to see if they will continue to trust his word when all of their outward observances would say also that nothing happened. It is completely by faith, by understanding the word of God itself, that they must hold on to the things they have learned. Well, now, Romans 2.5 uh, links the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, but it's not alone. We, we find other verses, such as in Luke 17, that uh, uses a similar word, a, a related word to the word apocalypsis, translated as revelation. This is apocalypto. And it says in Luke 17, beginning in verse 29, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, we, we, we probably have read this before and just thought, oh, this is the day when Christ is revealed from heaven. The day in which the world sees him coming in judgment upon them with their physical eyes. But no, no, th this isn't referring to that. It, it, let me read it again. Even thus shall be in, in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. But notice what follows in verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Well, what does that have to do with Christ uh, coming down in the clouds? Oh, who's thinking about coming down off housetops or, or returning from fields? And, and why the reference to Lot's wife? If Christ were coming in fiery wrath, well, everyone's all all dead. They're they're going to be destroyed. But this is referring to not a revelation of Christ coming in the sky where people can see him with their physical eyes. It's referring to a revelation or a revealing 
of Christ as the judge in the Word of God, the Bible. And he was first revealed in coming in judgment upon the churches, that God's wrath began at the house of God, the Bible teaches us. And that showed us that the Lord Jesus was revealed as the judge of all the churches of the earth. And now the Bible is revealing him as the judge of all the world, likewise in a spiritual way. This is why Second Thessalonians chapter 1 says in verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus was revealed to be the judge of the church, and of course he didn't come literally or physically, he came in spirit to judge the congregations, to remove the candlestick from them. Likewise, Christ has come in a sense, he is revealed from heaven in flaming fire, taking vengeance, because this is Judgment Day, the day of vengeance. Now, in Second Thessalonians 2, the, the same word reveal that was used in Luke 17.30 of the Son of Man, and that day the Son of Man will be revealed, is found here in Second Thessalonians 2. And I like to read a few of the verses here. I'll start in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now also further down in verse 6. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery, there's that word again, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let uh, until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. These verses describe to us the revealing of the man of sin. And God's people know who the man of sin is. He, the Antichrist is Satan himself. And the revelation or the revealing of him is not taking place in the world where where some political figure or ruler is identified as the man of sin, but it has happened through the understanding of the word of God, the Bible. As God opened up our eyes to see that it was his plan to loose Satan, who had been bound a figurative period of a thousand years, to loose him at the end of time so he could go forth wreaking havoc and bringing about destruction of the local churches and congregations of the world. And he accomplished this task very well. He was very zealous as Jehu with the mission of bringing destruction to all in his path. And God is the one who loosed him and used him as his servant 
to perform his will to bring about the judgment on the churches. But the point is that the same word is used, the man of sin be revealed. In his time he is to be revealed. And he was revealed, and it, and yet it has everything to do with the Bible. It has everything to do with a spiritual unveiling or an opening up of understanding towards the Scripture. And that also is where the Son of Man is revealed as judge of the church. And, and the Lord Jesus is revealed now. Remember that verse in Romans 2, verse 5? The day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now God is revealing more of the mystery, the final pieces of the mystery, the last hidden truths of the Bible are coming to light as we have entered into the day of judgment itself. Now, uh, let, let's go to the book of Revelation. And we looked at that word mystery. And in the Greek, it, you would pronounce it something like mysterion. It sounds very much like the English mystery. So mystery is basically a transliteration of the Greek word. And this word is found a few times in the book of Revelation. Um, a little further along in Revelation 1, Lord willing, which we'll get to shortly, it says in verse 20, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. So God shows uh, really a, a picture of Christ, the glorious picture of the Lord Jesus. And in his hand, his right hand, are seven stars. Well, that's the written word of God. But what is the truth concerning that? That would be where the mystery comes in. And, and here God is going to explain a little bit about that mystery. We'll have time, hopefully, later as we move on in the book of Revelation to look at this. But for now, just to know that the word mystery is there. And, and also in Revelation chapter 17, it says in verse 5, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And it says in verse 7, And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Keep in mind what Jesus said to the disciples when they asked, Why do you speak in parables? And he told them, It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But unto them it is not given. And uh, basically the book of Revelation is just one enormous parable or one book with parable after parable as God gives various images depicting gospel truths. And, and that is where the mystery is hidden. And in one of these parables is Babylon. And it's also been... Um, just recent, recently, that we began to learn properly 
what Babylon represents in the Bible, that it is used by God as a type of the kingdom of Satan, that when Babylon falls, and it did fall historically after 70 years, and that 70-year period typifies the Great Tribulation, that when Babylon falls, it is referring to the judgment that comes upon Satan and his kingdom, which would include the churches at that point and the world at the end of the Great Tribulation. Then Babylon falls, and the Lord Jesus Christ is victorious just as Cyrus took the kingdom of the Babylonians. And this is all part of the mystery that God has written in his word. And those things concerning Babylon were sealed up until the time of the end. Well, there's a, another verse in Revelation, the, the last verse where we'll find this word mystery, and it's in chapter 10 of the book of Revelation. But before we go to that verse, let's read the first couple of verses of Revelation chapter 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was at, as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Now this mighty angel is God himself, the Lord Jesus. The the description would only uh, apply to him. And then in verse 2, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. This is referring to the Bible. The little book is a picture of the Bible. The translation of the Greek here should read this way. He had in his hand a little book having been open. It's earlier in the book of Revelation, in, in the earlier chapters, back in Revelation 5 and 6, that we read of the book, the Bible, with seals upon it, and then the seals are removed one by one until all seven seals come off. And now we find a little book, and the Greek, if properly translated, would indicate a prior action has already taken place of the book having been open. And that's because God is indicating here that the Great Tribulation is already underway and accomplished, and the Bible remains an open book. It will never be sealed again. It, it continues to be open. And then further down in verse 7 of Revelation 10. Now, we're not going to cover this in too much detail because this is part of the book of Revelation. And Lord willing, we, we hope to cover the whole book eventually in this Bible study. And that would mean at a much later date we'll arrive in in chapter 10 and go over these verses. But for now, let's look at verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophets. Now this is, well, I, I don't know what else to say except interesting, very interesting that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. 
there were seven angels who had trumpets who were to sound. This is the seventh, the last angel. This angel, when he sounds, it will be the last trump. Well, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus returns with the sound of the trumpet. And 1 Corinthians 15 declares that it's at the last trump that the resurrection will take place. Well, this would be the last trumpet. And now it's in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound. We we have to look at this word begin. This is a Greek word that we could probably translate if we were to try and pronounce it as mellow, mellow. And it is only translated as begin in this verse. Nowhere else in the Bible, and it's used many dozens of times, nowhere else is this Greek word mellow translated as begin except in this verse. This this word, and this would be Strong's number 3195, is translated at times as at the point of, or at least in one instance. I'll just give the verse. I'm not going to turn there. In John 4.47, at the point of death. Someone had not yet died, but they were at the point of death. And in Acts 20, this word is translated three different ways. So I will turn here in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 3. And there abode three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, the word about is the Greek word mellow. And then in the same chapter, verse 7, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together, came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. The Greek word mellow is translated as ready to. And then in verse 13, and we went before the ship and sailed unto Assos, there intending to take in Paul. The word intending is that same word. So we we find this word translated often as um, come to, uh, about, at the point of, ready to, intending. It It's actually found in Revelation in chapter 8. In verse 13, where it says, And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. The word yet is that same word, mellow. And we we can really come to no other conclusion except that this word means something which is about to happen at the point of happening, but has not yet happened. Actually, in Revelation 10, in the same chapter in verse 4, it says, And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. The word about is mellow. And and therefore, it's very clear 
John had pen to paper. He was about to record. And God said, write them not. So he did not actually follow through. He never wrote down the vision or what he had seen. That means, without any question at all, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, should be translated, when he is about to sound. He has not yet sounded. And yet God goes on to say, the mystery of God should be finished. And in in other words, right before we get to the final trumpet blast, which will end this world and bring about the day of resurrection, God will have completed the mystery of the gospel. He will have finally revealed all the hidden truths that he intended to reveal to his people. 